0: Hi, this is The Rocket Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows, and this is? Gracie Graham. Yeah, Josh is tiling a kitchen floor today. <laughs> Can we give him the day off. So I want to remind you of what we've been working on we've been working on the secret work of the flesh, understanding that we have an unregenerate nature and that we have to surrender to the Lord. We have to walk in our faith. It's a daily spirit walk. And these are lessons that if we get and we understand, then we're going to understand there's a battle here going on, a battle for our soul. So we have the the spirit that died in the Garden of Eden, that when we come back to Christ we get a spiritual awakening. We have our soul that has to be regenerated, Gracie. And that soulish part of me is my feelings. It's my mind, the the things that I think, it's my will, what it is I will and will not do. And I don't always have power over my will when I'm in sin. And sin has power over me, you know, not not my uh, not my rational thinking. And then I have my emotions. And if my emotions are in charge, then my soul, my flesh man, is in charge of my spirit. So what I want is my spirit in charge. So we also did a lesson last week on the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death. And we realized that the spirit of life is, is we kind of made an analogy with gravity. Like if the apple's falling from the tree and I reach out and catch it, I broke the law of gravity by reaching out and catching it. So the law of spirit of life, the blood of Jesus, reaches out and catches me and and saves me from the law of sin and death. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do today is we are going to look at the next lesson, and it's called Conquering Our Sin Nature. So let's see if I can get this big enough for Gracie to start reading. Okay, Grace. Uh, start with the introduction. <coughs>
1: lesson three conquering our sin why do we sin according to genesis 3 we understand man has a fallen nature adam and eve have full have had full reign in the garden of eden except when they were commanded to not eat from the fruit in the middle of the garden then the serpent showed up and tricked eve and she disobeyed god and ate from the app, ate from the tree and gave some to her husband adam this caused them to see their nakedness and they were ashamed and hid from god this separated all of us from our creator and our spirit died we would all be born under the curse of sin we would now need a Redeemer, a Savior, to reconcile us to God.
0: Yes, we have to be reconciled to the Lord, and it's the blood of Jesus that reconciles us. And before this time, they communed and fellowshiped with God every evening. They were waiting on Him, and they were naked and not ashamed. But as soon as they ate from the tree of good and evil, they recognized their sin nature, and their spirit man died, and that's why we need a sacrifice. We need a sacrifice. That's pure, that was sinless, to offer once and for all the blood of Jesus Christ to redeem us. We needed a redeemer, and that's what Savior means. So we have this aversion, this hidden nature we, we where we want to hide. We don't we don't want God to see us. We're like, oh, ugh, I don't like this. Why would I, I can't come to the Lord? But the Lord's telling us at all times, just come to me. Just come just like you are and I'll clean you up. So as we get into this study. I want you to understand that God is gonna be with us and he's gonna show us the way out from this hidden Aversion. He's gonna show us the way out is just to keep coming back and surrendering to him, saying, Lord, you know you made me full of dirt. You know (laughs) I'm dirt. You know I have a sin nature. You know I can't do this without your help. Okay, so number one, Romans five twelve. How did sin come in this world? Let's see what Romans says. Therefore,
1: just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way death
0: came to all people because all sinned so sin came into the world through one man and that one man was adam even though it was eve that sinned it was adam that was responsible for her so god held him accountable so the second question is romans 5 15 how did grace come now we got grace with gracie (laughs) yeah
1: how did grace come but the gift is not like the trespass for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much did God's grace and the gifts that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many?" So grace came through Jesus Christ. So
0: there's a skill here. There's a thinking skill that's a regenerated thinking skill. It's a higher than my flesh. It's a spirit skill, a spiritual thought where I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Well, of course I can't. That's why I receive His grace. So let's look at Adam versus Jesus so let's read this side. Adam equals fall of man. And Jesus was the sin
1: offering. Adam equaled, right here, law of sin and death.
0: And Jesus was the law of spirit of life. Adam equaled strongholds. Yeah, strongholds. And instead, Jesus was like, just confess your sins.
1: Adam Adam equaled sinful nature. And Jesus was like, take every thought captive.
0: Adam equaled sinful desires. And the Lord said, ask for wisdom. Yeah. So he's going to break those strongholds, but let's figure out how that's going to happen. Number three, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. What are we fighting against that we need to demolish?
1: The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the
0: contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So I want weapons that are, are of Christ. I want, uh I want The armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the strong belt of truth, the shoes to walk in peace, a shield of faith, and a mighty double-edged sword, which is the Word of God. I used to pray that armor of God out of Ephesians 6 on me all the time, Grace, but I, I didn't know what it meant. What does it mean? Well, the helmet of salvation means I'm going to change my thinking. I'm going to get God's thoughts. I'm not going to let my thoughts run amok. I'm going to do what this says. I'm going to have, I'm going to demolish the stronghold. So if I've got a stronghold of bitterness, I'm going to study the word bitterness all through the Bible. I'm going to pray those scriptures, and I'm going to keep working and processing that bitterness and releasing it to God and waiting for Him to do something good and praying those promises over my life. Um, and I can do that through the Lord. Now, if I can't do it, I may not I may need to activate my faith. I may need to ask the Lord for wisdom for truth. I mean I may need to see I need to walk in peace, so what do I need to go back and repent for? I mean mm-hmm. I need to have that word of God so that I've got something bigger than me. Because even when Jesus was driven to the wilderness, the way he fought Satan was with the word. So if we don't have the word hidden in our heart, recovery is going to be elusive because I don't have a weapon. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty defenseless. If I don't have my helmet on, then my thoughts are going to and <laughs> Well, where do you go? Your heart goes where your thoughts, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to end up going that way. If I don't have faith, then I don't believe God loves me. If I don't have truth, then I'm believing a lie and I'm agreeing with it and I'm empowering it. If I don't have peace, then I'm blowing everything up in my life. Yep. So I prayed these things on myself and about. 10 years later, I was like, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that, I've got him. That breastplate of righteousness, it's not my righteousness. My righteousness is filthy rags. It's the righteousness of Christ that he put on me. So when he looks at me, he's looking at his righteousness, because he can't look upon fallen nature and our sin nature. He's a righteous holy God. That's why we hide. But if I realize that, okay, I have that breastplate of righteousness on. Lord, you know what I've done, but I'm not going to let it stop me from seeking you and from coming to you and from surrendering and letting you turn evil into good, because that's what he promised. Okay. So number four, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, how do we demolish these strongholds?
1: We destroy arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. All right, so
0: i got to identify my false thinking, my double-mindedness that needs to be prayed over and demolished. So this is a daily process of continually aligning my thinking with God's Word. Because if I'm aligning my thinking with lies, where do you think I'm going to end up? Hmm probably anxiety fear <laughs> stress bitterness anger yep. yeah, i'm gonna end up in no good land so if i am speaking the word of god over my life and i'm speaking his promises to myself is powerful it's a powerful force to tear down these strongholds that are keeping me from the lord so there's a war going on for my soul so number five first peter two eleven, what is warring against my soul Dear
1: friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires
0: which wage war against your soul. So sinful desires wage war against my soul. So anything that's drawing me away from my peace, away from my Christ, my inheritance of joy and peace uh and is keeping me distracted is waging war on my soul wow. it's going to rob the fruit that god's got for me i may have that seed i may have planted that seed but it's going to be choked out so number six romans seven eighteen. what is my
1: nature for i know that good itself does not dwell in me that is In my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out Hmm. so I got
0: this sinful (coughs) nature he's tell uh, you know Romans is saying I I got this but uh, yeah I got a desire to do what's right but I don't have the ability to carry it out so in addiction this is this is loud you want to do good but you've got no power Mm -hmm. that sins really got you in bondage oh (laughs) bad so you got to just keep coming back surrendering there it is lord i can't fix that i can't change that i can't manage that that i just surrender it all to you i accept what i can't change but i can keep coming to you i can keep talking to you and rehearsing these promises and asking you to put on me that armor and to give me uh, the the Spirit of life. So remember what Romans 8, 1 and 2 said last week, Therefore, there is now no, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin to death. So when you're in recovery, that law of sin and death is really powerful it's really strong and it starts defeating you through guilt and shame and self-condemnation needing to hide and instead if you'll just go and build the gate with praise there it is lord i lay it on the altar you your word says you can if i give you my ashes you will give me great beauty if i give you my sorrows and my heaviness you'll give me praise you know it's just we just got to keep believing his word and instead of talking to myself with shame i talk to myself with promises of what God's Word said to me, and now I'm renewing my mind. I'm transforming my life. I've got that helmet of salvation on. So number 7, James 1, 6-8, what is the man's weaknesses in this verse? But when you ask, you must believe and no, not doubt,
1: because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that all they do. How many times have you felt unstable? Um, Every day? <laughs> I feel unstable a lot, but since I found out
0: God was real, I haven't lost faith. Yay! Yes, I'm double-minded, and I know I am because I hear myself arguing with myself. So it's like I get in, in, in the mud and I wrestle, and, okay, Lord, where's the truth? And I start doing word studies, and I start laying that before the Lord, and I start... Uh, discerning what's separating it what's good from it from what's evil from it what's precious from what's vile which is what the prophet Jeremiah says to do in Jeremiah 15 so I want to make sure that when I'm unstable that I don't make a decision not to come not to go not to leave not to make promises not to yeah just do the next right thing that's right in front of me get up make the bed Take a shower, get ready for the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> go do the next right thing, but don't make any decisions when I feel unstable because I don't have the will of God until I have that peace and That's to be good. able to continue moving forward. So James one five, what is the secret of overcoming my doubt, my double mindedness, and my instability? If any of if any of you lacks
1: wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without without finding fault, and it will
0: be given to you. So what, I, what do I got to do? Ask God for wisdom. There you go. <laughs> Lord, show it to me. But if I'm not seeking that wisdom, if I'm not in church, I mean, I can ask God a question on the way to church and that pastor, whoever's up there preaching or teaching or singing is going to give me the answer. It happens over and over again, but if I, what would happen if I didn't come? I wouldn't get encouraged. I wouldn't get the answer. So number nine, Second Corinthians 11, 13 through 14, who leads us astray? For such people are false, apost- are false apostles,
1: deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Yeah. And I
0: know when I'm being deceived by the enemy because I have to violate the principles of God's Word in order to get what I want, in order to move. Like I have to lie, I have to cheat, I have to steal, I have to do something wrong. Well, I know it can't be God. It can't be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I must be grounded in the Word of God to have the strength to say no, to move back, to sit still, to wait for the Lord to come through with His answer. And what I have found, Grace, is often I get I get the wrong answer before I get the first before I get the real answer. Mm-hmm. I just have to sit with it long enough to not be impulsive. I find that my impulsivity will jump me out of the frying pan into the fire. If <laughs> you experienced that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so number 10, second 2 Peter 2:20 2, 20 through 22. What is it like if we go back to sin?
1: if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our lord and savior jesus christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome they are worse off at the end at the end than they were at the beginning of them the proverbs are true a dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is and a sow the, which and a, is sow which a sow that is, a which is a pig. washed <laughs> it's a pig a <laughs> sow it's a, pig. It's a, pig. It's a, it's a <laughs> female pig
0: as Sal. That is washed returns to, to her wallowing in the mud. Wow. Yeah, so if I am if I am a sinner, if I'm engaging my sin, if I don't wanna change, I just keep going around that wilderness journey i just keep blaming other people i'm manipulating what's in front of me complaining um i'm in unbelief i ain't never gonna get out of this i just might as well do what feels, you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm gonna hear myself with that because of unbelief i'm just gonna go right back to the mud and so a lot of times if i'm not willing to do the work when the lord gets me out of the mud. He's going to let me sit in that mud for a while. Yep, He's going to be back. like, okay, let me know when you're done with that. Because, you know, there's another verse that says, uh, cast not your pearls before swine, before pigs. So why would the Lord give me pearls if I'm just going to trample them beneath my feet and mock Him? He would not. He would wait for me to just keep dealing with the one thing that's in front of me. And so a lot of times um, what's in front of me is so big, that i i don't know how to there's no way to conquer it Uh, it's it's something i it's a lifetime consequence that i'm going to carry for 20 years but what i can do is deal with the little little things and have i forgiven um have i got joy have i found my peace am i am i doing good am i um, am i taking my responsibility cleaning up my side of the street Okay, so number 11, Romans thirteen fourteen. what can we do to keep ourselves from sinning? Rather, clothe
1: yourselves with with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the, de-
0: the desires of the flesh. Well, now this sounds like something that's active. How am I going to clothe myself in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I'm not going to think thoughts that aren't right. Well, sometimes those thoughts are so loud that they're stuck in a rut, and I'm just ruminating, ruminating, ruminating. And the way I stop thinking those thoughts is I get a wholesome thought, a thought from the Lord, delight yourself in Him. Okay, Lord, I'm going to delight myself in You. So every time that thought comes, that bitter thought, that angry thought, that wanting to do wrong, wanting to say something, wanting to get back, wanting to slander gossip. Every time I want to do that, I want to quote whatever little verse, whatever little phrase the Lord gave me that morning to myself to literally put a boundary there. Delight yourself. Delight yourself. Love covers a multitude of sins. What would it look like if I just didn't talk about this? Well, if you don't stir the pot, it's not going to Stink! (laughs) you got a stinky pot, just don't stir it. (laughs) So it's intentionally, it's intentionality that speaks to myself differently with wholesome and healthy words. So read the conclusion.
1: We are all prone to distractions and weaknesses and need to understand we are in a battle against our sin nature and learn to empower ourselves through the Holy Spirit to be masters of our internal world most of us don't realize we are fighting a battle
0: hmm <laughs> we don't do we No. But there's a battle here and the battles within me mm. uh, and, and I can fight me you know, I, if I think I'm fighting some unseen force out there uh, without any help I'm gonna be suffocating my focus will be on what somebody else is doing to me instead of understanding how I'm responding to it that the battles in me that I don't have to give That's them good. that kind of power over me okay keep going
1: You will always know if you are under the law of sin and death because of the fear, anxiety, stress and other negative emotions will
0: cause internal conflict and suffering. So as long as I've got that suffering, I need to externalize it. If I internalize that suffering, it's going to land me in a deep, dark place. But if I can move it outside and let it be my teacher and let it, ah, there's that bitterness again. What do I need to do? Okay, I need to pray for them, because, you know, it's really hard to stay mad at somebody you're praying for.
1: (laughs) It just is. Okay, keep going, baby. But when we live under the law of the Spirit, there will be an alertness to false thinking. Mm -hmm. We can recognize our peace is missing and find the false belief that is trying to set up a stronghold and tear it down with the truth of God's word. And I've
0: walked with the Lord for many decades, Grace, and I have to do this all the time. I have to recognize, wait a minute, my peace is gone. It used to take me three days to figure out that there was something murmuring underneath in that Mm -hmm. subconscious, but now it takes me 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it, and if it's really deep, it's going to take me hours, not just to, not to recognize it, but to resolve it. Yeah. But now I can just pretty much, yep, I feel it. Yeah, that feels depressive. Well, am I going to give it power? Am I going to engage it? No, Lord, I'm gonna lay that on that altar. And 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 I have the skills to do that now that I did not have before. And we can we're able to do that because of the authority He gave us, right? And because we're in the Word. So I'm not talking to myself out of, oh, my goodness, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm never going to. I'm never going to. I'm always going to. Yeah, I'm not talking to myself like that with that negative internal critic. I'm not listening to somebody else's voice anymore that beat me up as a child saying, you ain't never going to be nothing. You ain't never going to make anything. Instead, I'm saying, I can do all things. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can. I am Amen. more than a conqueror. <laughs> She's laughing at me.
1: <laughs> okay, keep going here, baby. It takes time to to internally reflect and ask for wisdom and find areas of weaknesses. Only the blood of Jesus can redeem us from the pit of sin. Hmm. The Holy Spirit is described as the Spirit of truth and will teach us all things. John 16, 13. All the peace in our lives is is a byproduct of living in the Spirit. Well, look at that.
0: So I have to live in the Spirit and not in the flesh so if i'm living in the flesh i'm living by my carnal emotions by my lust by my sinful desires by my negative feelings but if i'm living in the spirit i'm literally speaking to myself with spiritual words with higher thoughts living that ascended life seated at the right hand of jesus going lord i don't know what you're going to do with this one I just can't wait to see. (laughs) And instead of letting it engage me and ruin my day, I'm literally moving it onto that altar. And I do this multiple times a day, and you need to do this upon your bed every night. And the Psalms, it said, David says that he lays upon his bed, and he goes through his day. And as I do that, then I can start fresh in the morning, and I can wake up um, knowing that the Holy Spirit's with me now. If you've had trauma in your life, you're going to wake up with stress and anxiety probably, you know, five out of seven days. And, and instead of engaging it and getting moving too fast, get up a few minutes early, where you've got that 15 minutes to say, "Oh, yep, there it is again." Well, I'm not going to engage you today. And you're going to get, you're going to get a prayer before you. You're going to get music before you. You're going to get a, a few verses before you, and you're going to start meditating on that. Because whatever I'm meditating on is what's going to get louder. So if I meditate on my bitterness, it's getting louder. But if I meditate upon the promises of the Lord, Lord, louder. you said you'd give me peace. you give me a peace that was surpassed all understanding as I rejoiced in you. So I decide, I make a choice to, to rejoice. I don't know what you're doing here, but I know it's going to be good. And now I'm going to be grateful. So as I'm grateful, this thing that had power over me is now flipped and it has no power. And I can have peace that surpasses all understanding because that's God's promise. So in Colossians 3.15, what's he saying?
1: And, and let the peace and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which to the which also you are called in one body,
0: and be thankful. Okay, this thankfulness, Gracie, is a key. And no matter how bad it is. Oh. I see that that guy just ran into my car. Mm-hmm. Well, Lord, that car belonged to you because I gave it to you. So that man must need you. So I'm going to go give him the gospel. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and as I – because if I get wrapped up into that, oh, my goodness, how am I going to – what car am I going to drive for a week, two weeks while I get that bumper fixed? How am I going to – I've missed the fact that I've got a human being in front of me that, that's hungry, that's that's broken, that needs compassion, that needs the love of God. And when I respond in a different way than last time it happened to his friend, and some guy got out of the car and beat him up or, you know, screamed at him for hours, when I respond differently, they're going to know that there's a, a difference. So when I first came back to Christ, I was probably late 20s, and I had been out in the world for a while. I grew up in church, and then I went out in the world for a while, and I was working at a high state hospital as a nurse, and I had two patients. One, Both of them were dying of AIDS, and one of them was saved, and she had gotten uh, AIDS through blood transfusion, and she was leaving five children behind and a, and a husband that were all teenagers or, or younger. And uh, a couple nights a week she was going to meetings, support meetings for AIDS patients and was giving them the gospel. And then I would go into the room beside her rooms with the other AIDS patient, and he would be vile, angry, vicious, throwing things, cursing us. And it was huge picture between life and death. I'd walk in her room and she'd say, now, honey you protect yourself you get your gloves on now honey what did what what did the Lord say to you today do you know how much the Lord loves you and it just broke me it just made me realize that you know this woman's facing death and she's got life and I wanted that and it brought my spirit back to life and she was dying no fault of her own and yet she had life she was trusting that God was going to take something meant for evil and turn it to good and she changed my life around that very day <laughs> so this is Angie Meadows. And this is Gracie Graham. And this is The Rocket Recovery. And today's lesson was on conquering sin.